Aramiah, the chief priest, will be over you in any matter concerning the Lord. Zebediah, son of Ishmael, the leader of the tribe of Judah, will be over you in any matter concerning the king. And the Levites will serve as officials before you. Act with courage. And may the Lord be with those who do well. That's a lot of the Bible, Phil. Why did you read us all of the Bible? And I say, aha, because that last sentence, act with courage and may the Lord be with those who do well, is how this book begins. The Berenstain Bears and the Gift of Courage, the opening quote is the last sentence of a very specific story from Chronicles 2 to Chronicles 19, all about Jehoshaphat appointing judges. I don't know if you say Jehoshaphat, that's how I say it. Jehoshaphat appoints the judges at the very end. He's like, I know I've told you a lot of stuff, but on top of all that, just be act with courage and the Lord will be with you. And then the Berenstains were like, yoink, and plucked that last sentence out of there because they have a book about courage. That's right. It is the Berenstain Bears and the Gift of Courage from 2010. It is a Living Lights book, a Zonder Kids book. It is a faith tale, a faith story. It's all about faith. It's all about acting with courage. It's all about brother and sister. It's all about some bullies. It's all about David and Goliath. Welcome to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and this week we are talking about courage. We are talking about David and Goliath. We are talking about Jehoshaphat. Talking about appointing some judges. Most of all, we are just talking about what happens when two little cubs take it upon themselves to be the bigger bear and stand up to the bigger bear. And that bigger bear is too tall. And too tall says, Get out of my face. I'm bigger than you. And those bears say, It actually has nothing to do with that. This is the Raiders of the Lost Ark of Berenstain Bears books, by which I mean. Just like Raiders of the Lost Ark, it does not matter if our heroes ever showed up because the ending would play out exactly as it does in any case. Uh, if you remember Raiders of the Lost Ark, if Indiana Jones and Marion had never shown up, had never gotten their hands on the Ark, if none of that had ever happened, if they hadn't gotten involved at all, the Nazis still would have gotten the Ark and they still would have had their faces melted off. That's the way Raiders of the Lost Ark ends. All that would have happened was the Ark probably wouldn't have ended up in a museum and maybe probably would have gone back to the people whose it actually belonged to. That's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Very same Bear's Gift of Courage. If the Cubs had never shown up in this story, it still would have played out exactly as it plays out in this book. So, it's a Zondervan Kids book, Living Lights, Gift of Courage. Jan and Mike Berenstain. Uh, we are nearing the tail end of the original push of the Zonder Kids book. Starts off with a little quote about courage. Uh, and it starts off with a, a pretty nice big spread here. We see Too Tall. We see Vinny. We see Scuzz. Uh, and we see them standing up to brother and sister. Who, you know, I guess they don't, they're not standing up to them. They're standing up against them. Because they are much larger cubs. Vinny, Scuzz, Smirk. Sorry, I've got to call it Smirk. And I love that no matter where the story goes, no matter how many years pass, we still get the hoopy cap. Always a big fan of the hoopy cap. So what is this story about? What does it have to do with David and Goliath? What does it have to do with the Bible? Anything? Well, it's about sisters. It's about how much love sister has in her heart. She loves all of God's creatures, big and small. All creatures, great and small. But there's Too Tall, who does not love all creatures, great and small. He likes to push cubs around. That's his big thing. He likes to push cubs around in the hallway. And then when he does that, he makes them apologize 
for him running into them. Uh, and speaking of your peers pushing you in the hallway, uh, I had a peer in junior high. His name was Joe. And uh, Joe's favorite thing to do was walk next to you in the hallway and shove you as hard as he could into, uh, into, into girls he thought was cute, were cute. He would shove you as hard as he could, and so you ran into a girl he thought was cute, and then he'd yell some inappropriate comment at them as if it was you yelling it. Uh, he was a little bit of a too tall, but he was in our group. What were you going to do? Couldn't, couldn't tell him off because we were in junior high. We didn't know any better. Just a bunch of scuzzy boys. Uh, he was the scuzziest, king of the scuzz. Uh, now, one day, Sister Bear is hanging out in front of the school, waiting to go in, waiting for the bell to ring, in a line, which is which is funny because we never really see the Cubs hanging out in a line like this. Usually, they're running around having a good time before class, uh, playing in recess. But what happens is a little ladybug, I said ladybug really strangely, a little ladybird beetle, ladybug, ladybird beetle lands on her little shoulder, and she sings to it. She says, Ladybird, Ladybird, fly away home. She says, Ladybug. I'm singing Ladybird because that's the way I know it. She sings, Ladybug, Ladybug, fly away home. And the Ladybug flies away. Uh, well, she gets mocked mercilessly for this by Too Tall and the gang. They laugh at him, uh, laugh at her. Too Tall says, Does Sister Bear love her little Ladybug friends? In a little baby voice. And she is humiliated. And we get a great... I'm assuming this is a Mike illustration. A great Sister Bear humiliation face. I love it. Uh, I love when we get to see the Cubs make faces they've never made before. I find that invigorating. I've never seen this face on a Berenstain Bear character. It's the... How do I describe it? It's... it's My eyes are watering. I'm about to start crying. I'm biting my lip to keep from crying. Uh, but not in like a... Not in a, like a, in a tough way. In a... Uh, I'm at the end of my rope way. Mike has conveyed many an emotion in the bear's faces, and this is one of the best. Uh, it's certainly better than their sour berry face. So everyone starts laughing, not only Too Tall and his gang, but the other cubs start laughing at her. She's humiliated. And not only was she humiliated, uh, she was scared. She was scared to stand up for herself because Too Tall is a much bigger cub. So that night... The, uh, the cubs are going to bed. They ask for a bedtime story. And Papa's like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get out the big book of Bible stories. And it is literally uh, the big book of Bible stories. I have a big book of Bible stories. I'm looking at it right now. It's the Berenstain Bears storybook Bible. And it's pretty much what this is. It's I've talked a little bit about Bible stories since I've done this show. And it's the idea that we have taken... We've taken tales... We've taken... Bits of plot from the Bible. The, uh, the Bible's divided into books, and those books are divided into chapters. Some of the books are books of poems. Some of the books are books of songs. Some of the books are books of, uh, like, just census data. Uh, some of the books are just, here's a list of how to run a church. All kinds of things. Here's the rules if you're a priest. Here's the rules if you're a person. Uh, some of them are the history of the Jewish people. Uh, and then when you get to the the Gospels, it's the story of Jesus. Uh, they all do different things. They, they have different agendas. They're setting up different a lot of different stuff. Stuff from the Old Testament, though. Uh, the stories of the history of the, of, like, the Jewish people uh, up, to the, like, up to King David. Sort of like leading that story. Uh, creation of the earth, King David. And in between, there is a ton of other stuff. And within that ton of other stuff is little narratives. And sometimes they're narratives that teach a lesson. And sometimes they're very specific narratives about an area. We just saw one, Jehoshaphat choosing the judges. And, uh, and 
What books of Bible stories do, if you're not familiar with the concept, is they take these tales a bit out of context and turn them into children's stories. So the story of Noah, which is the story of the world falling into ill repute with God, people sinning, uh, specifically people reproducing with angels, which is a whole weird thing. Uh, the sons of God came down to earth and they knew human women and they reproduced with them. And God was like, what's going on? This isn't why I created you. Uh, I'm going to flood the earth. Uh, you take that story and you remove it from its context. You present it as a children's story and you make it into this sort of like tale of fun animals. And at the end, there's a rainbow and it's really pretty. And you leave out the stuff like Noah's alcoholism. And the Tower of Babel, which comes right after. Like, you leave out all that. You sort of, you, you, you isolate it from the rest of the tale. You present it as a children's book. And then you take a bunch of those. You stick them between two covers. You got a bunch of fun children's stories. Maybe they teach a lesson. So that's what Bapa does. He reaches down. He grabs one of these books. And he's like, I'm going to read you the story of David and Goliath. Because this will learn you. And he tells, essentially, what is the Bible story version of David and Goliath. And it's, you know, like... I don't know how to describe it. Well, I'll just tell you what Papa says. Tells you the big Bible story. So long ago in the Holy Land, there was a young shepherd named David. It was his job to watch over his father's flocks of sheep. He knew that God was with him. He was not afraid of wolves or lions. This is a little bit of an embellishment, a little editorializing. I don't know if David was afraid of wolves and lions. But uh, uh, wolves came sneaking up on his flock. He drove them away with his sling. And again, not... It's not really important to the story. Anyway, this giant named Goliath was threatening those who lived in the Holy Land. And Goliath towered over all the warriors. No one was brave enough to fight him. So David heard about Goliath. David wasn't afraid. He knew that God was watching over him. He took some stones in his slings, and he went out to fight Goliath. And Goliath sees David, and he laughs at him. And David slings the sling with the rock and knocks Goliath over. And everyone's like, hooray! He had great courage, and he defeated Goliath. And that's more or less the story as it appears in the Bible. Uh, the defeat of Goliath appears several times in the Bible. And there's actually some dispute over who actually killed Goliath. Because uh, originally it was Elhanan, son of Jair. Jair. Uh, so there's this guy, Elhanan, the son of Jair. Who uh, in uh, the second Samuel, second book of Samuel 21.19 is, is, is credited with killing Goliath. It's just like, and then Goliath was slewn by El, El Hanan. And, but then, like, when the story got retold, it was told as if David, who would go on to become king, had, had slayed Goliath. And when El Hanan appears later on, it says, and then El Hanan slew Goliath's brother. It, like, actually like, adds on, like, Goliath had, there was this other guy who was almost as big as Goliath, and that's who he slew. Uh, the Books of the Bible went through a lot of a long editorial process. And sometimes, it, 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 not so much books, they appear more like Google Docs that a lot of people have their hands in. Where you can actually see the editorial uh, process occurring almost in real time as you're reading them. Because you're like, wait a minute, why is this story told twice? And why does it contradict itself? And the story of David and Goliath is one of those. Like, who slew Goliath? Well, when you're telling the story of David, you want to have David do something awesome. But not only do you want to have David do something awesome... The story isn't just there to say, like, this little guy slew this big guy. It was more David, who would become the king of the Jewish like nation, uh, was a better king than Saul. Because Saul, who is also very tall, and this is true, King Saul, uh, didn't want to go out against Goliath. It was like, uh, not, 
I don't want to fight Goliath because Goliath was listed as dun 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 six and a half feet tall, which back then was pretty tall. And Saul was also pretty tall. And Saul had armor. And he was like, David, if you go out and slay Goliath, you can have my armor and weapons. And David was like, nah, gonna do it myself. David throws the stone with the sling and Goliath gets hit in the head. He falls down. The Berenstain Bears leave out the part where David cuts off Goliath's head and like walks around with it. It doesn't make it in the final book. What I'm saying is that the story of David and Goliath, within the context of of the Hebrew Bible isn't so much a story of like the meek shall defeat the giants. I mean, it is, but it's also a story of David was awesome. Even when he was just like a nobody, when he was just this little guy, like he was the only one who stood up to Goliath and he did it without Saul's armor, without Saul's weapon. So when you start going on about how maybe David, I don't know, didn't deserve to be the King later on, when you're looking at it, maybe he did because you know, Saul didn't defeat the giant, David and Goliath, in any case. Also, the other guy who may have defeated Goliath, but we changed all that. It makes you wonder why they didn't just erase some of those stories. <laughs> but, you know, you've seen Google Docs. You, you don't always remember to delete the old stuff. It just hangs out there, and you're like, oh, that was terrible. Why did I do that? So the Cubs are like, I'm blown away by this story of David and Goliath. And she's like, and sister's like, I don't think I'm brave enough to stand up to someone so much bigger than I am. I'd probably be too scared. And Papa was like, I don't know. You're both brave when you need to be. And they are brave when they need to be. Remember, uh, brother and sister Vera have gone up against murderers in the past. Uh, they witnessed their friend Ralph Ripoff get chained up and thrown over a bridge. So uh, they've fought ghosts. They have broken up drug rings. Uh, they have been shot at. They have seen uh, their peers arrested for dealing drugs. The Cubs are pretty brave. They've been through a lot. Uh, standing up to a bully, it's kind of small potatoes at this point. Uh, Tutal and his gang have been in jail. Uh, Brother Bear went to the bat at one point, smoked cigarettes with him, ate stolen candy bars. They've been through a lot. I, I think they're brave enough to stand up against their neighborhood's Goliath, which is a boy who's a little bit taller than the rest of them. Uh, and Papa Bear says, don't remember, remember, God was watching out for you, just like he's looking out for David. Pretty good lesson, I guess. Courage, the noise. So they fall asleep dreaming about Bible stories. Well, brother and sister are walking through the woods and they start hearing, ha ha, get them, yeah, being yelled by Tutal and his gang. Now, obviously, Tutal and the gang are up to no good and they are throwing stones at something up in the tree. What could they be throwing stones at? Now, this is the point where I'm like, okay, I remember that bears in bear country, bear bullies, uh, one of their favorite pastimes is throwing stones at little animals. We've seen that happen in the past. We specifically saw it with the Berenstain Bears and the bully. Uh, like we, we know that's like what bird, that bears do. They throw stones at birds when they're feeling threatened by their place in life. They throw stones at birds. That's what I thought was coming. But no, what Tutal and his gang are doing is they are throwing stones at a, uh, a hornet's nest up in the tree. And brother and sister are like, don't do that. That's that's stupid. That's their home. Yeah. So brother and sister are like, don't deprive the hornets of their home. And uh, and Tutal's like, oh, are those hornets more your little bug friends? Why don't you fly away and mind your own business? Now at this point, I'm like, I think if I think if brother and sister just left well enough alone, this would resolve itself. Like I think that's. I think we're watching the problem solve itself. 
but Sister decides to be a David, and she grabs Tutal's arm. In a feat of strength, I have yet to see Sister demonstrate. That's pretty amazing. She grabs Tutal's arm. She's like, cut it out. Leave the hornets alone. And uh, this is my favorite part, though. Uh, the rest of the gang charged at Sister to pull her away, but Brother stepped right in front of them. He glared at them. They didn't like the look in his eyes, but Brother didn't seem the least bit afraid, and they all backed away. Uh, Brother gets scary eyes at this point. Uh, Tutal's gang, Vinny, Scuzz, and Smirk are like, oh, oh, I'm not, I mean, we were having a good time. Brother's Brother is getting violent now. Like this is a this is a cub pushed to his pushed to his extremities. Also, sister is just hanging on for dear life. Sister is not gonna let too tall uh, upset a hornet's nest. Um, and uh, they all back away. And then it says too tall swung sister around. Too tall literally swings. He he, he caper tosses sister. Like he swings her over his head. Like she's holding onto his arm. He lifts sister completely bodily over his head with his arm and just whips her around his head. He's like, yeah, yeah. Throws her around. Uh, finally, he breaks her grip, uh, grabs the stone, chucks it at the hornet's nest, as you do. And uh, I mean, I'll, we're not children here. We know what happens. Uh, the hornets attack. Like that's, that's what happens. The hornets attack too tall in his gang and uh brother and sister are like they actually seem surprised they're like oh oh the hornets well the hornets just came right at them yow yelled too tall look out run yelled the gang yeah yeah that's that that's what was gonna happen kids so sister's like well brother's like that was close and sister's like do you think god was watching out for us Brother's like, yeah, no doubt about it. And they go on to school. And brother's like, you sure we're brave going after too tall that way? And oh, and there's this whole bit from earlier, like little David was small, but oh my, which I think is part of a song. Let me know, is that part of a song about David fighting Goliath? Little David was small, but oh my. It sounds familiar, but brother's like, little sister was small, but oh my. And sister's like, you were pretty brave yourself staying up to that gang. Again, could have just walked away. You could have been like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, we're throwing stones at a hornet's nest. And you could have been like, all right, I mean, just do what you do, I guess. We're going to school. And it would have played out exactly the same way. But brother's like, yeah, Papa was right. Even cubs like us can be brave when we need to be. Again, you didn't need to be. You didn't need you didn't need to involve yourselves at all. This was this was literally kicking a hornet's nest like there's a whole book about it it's called the girl who kicked the hornet's nest and bad things happen in that book i assume i never made it that far in the series uh and sister's like too tall wasn't very brave and brother's like i mean no one's brave when it comes to angry hornets and she's like yeah you're right and they go to school but we do get a picture of a hornet which is like okay that's a hornet and so, not really a David and Goliath story because, yeah, it's about a little person standing up to a bigger person, but the bigger person wasn't threatening the little person. And it was more like if Goliath had gone after, if Goliath was like trying to break into the walls of Jerusalem 
And little David was like, leave him alone. And Goliath was like, no. And then Goliath broke down the walls of Jerusalem and was just immediately killed by the army. That would, If that was the story of David and Goliath, that's what we got right here. But uh, this that's not what happens. The sister didn't take down too tall. She just momentarily inconvenienced him. And then he was done with her and he did what he was going to do. He, he disrupted the lives of a bunch of hornets. So, uh, and then, and then the brother and sister are like, we did it. We're a couple of Davids. We're a couple of King Davids. And then they go on to school and the hornets like, I was, I was going to do this anyway. And that's the story of the Berenstain bears and the gift of courage. I mean, they were brave. It was about courage. It was pretty brave of sister to attack too tall. Um, it just wasn't very smart. It just wasn't very smart. So uh, that's it. That's the story. That's the story. But it's a religious book. So we've got activities and questions from brother and sister bear. Everyone get your pencils out. Get your arts and crafts materials out. We got some stuff to talk about. Let's talk about it. One, what does it mean to be a bully? What is it? I mean, I get, I think I understand the question they're asking. What does it mean to be a bully? But it sounds a little more philosophical, I think, than they intend it to sound. What does it mean to be a bully? Like, theoretically, what does it mean to be a bully? I think it means un, un, unearned power, I think is what it means to be a bully. I think it means a, uh, a life lived in fear. I think it means a life worried about uh, being overthrown by the next bully to come along. I think that's the Machiavellian take on it, right? Like, if you're a Machiavellian leader, if you lead by fear, you are eventually going to be overthrown. Like, I, mean, I think that's what it means to be bully. To be a bully is to be a person who has, who has taken advantage of their own position in society to inflict uh, more pain on society. To be a bully, you have to be in a, posi a higher position than the people you are bullying. Uh, that is what it means to be bullied. You, you, if you are a, a person of, of a, in, a, in, a, in a less powerful position, you cannot bully those above you because they have more power. That is, that it's, it's an imbalance of power that you then play out to your advantage. That's a bullying. What is a bully? What does it mean to be a bully? That is what it means to be a bully. What does it mean emotionally to be a bully? It means a life unfulfilled. It means a sad existence. What does it mean to be a bully? Look in a mirror. I guess I don't know. I know what it means. If if you if you are in a group of, of of friends, like say larger than six, frequently there is a bully in that group, and if there isn't, maybe you're the bully. Think about it. Think about that. Two. Have you ever had to stand up to someone who's a bully? Yes. Yes, I did. Uh, seventh grade, I think it was. There was this eighth grader who was constantly beating up this boy named Jeff in our gym class. And I mean, like, really slamming him against the wall. Like, he would grab him and, like, slam him against the lockers. And, the, and well, they were, like, baskets. But, like, slam up against him, shove him all the time, make fun of him, call him terrible names. And so finally one day, I grabbed this bully by the shoulder in classic Hollywood style. And spun him around and said, cut that out. Spit on my microphone. Cut, cut it out. Leave him alone. And he was like, what are you going to do? In classic Hollywood style. And in classic Hollywood style, a whole circle of students gathered around us. Because, hey, this is exciting. And it's gym class. And we're all getting ready to leave. 
Well, I didn't fight him because I'm a very small man, and he was very tall and evil looking. He looked like he looked like Malachi from Children of the Corn. At least in my memory, he did. Uh, he was a he was a tough guy in the sense that he beat up people smaller than him. What are you gonna do about it? And I proceeded to make fun of him for about a minute, just railing on the way he was. Not even the way he looked, just making fun of him, causing a scene. And everyone was laughing. And then the coach came in and he pulled us. He didn't pull us apart. We weren't fighting. But he was like, what's going on here? Get in my office. And uh, he pulled us both into his office and he's like, tell me what's going on here. And uh, I did I did what, what I would highly recommend to anyone in this situation did. I looked the coach in the eye and I burst into tears. And if there's one thing a junior high school gym coach doesn't want to be around, it's one of their students weeping. So I got let go and the other guy got in trouble. I've also done that with cops. They hate it when you cry. They hate it when I cry. Look at me. Nobody wants to see me cry. Uh, What did God want you to do? What would God want you to do if you met a bully? I don't know. Is the devil a bully? I guess, like, don't talk to him in the desert. Three, how can you be brave when you meet someone who is not so nice? I mean, I mean, blue sky in it. You can give them a few choice words and tell them to go to blazes. That's what you can do. Someone who's not so nice, you can say, (laughs) you can say, you're a bully. And then you walk away, head held high. But you'll never do that. Uh, if you're me, you, uh, you mutter incoherently, I guess. Uh, sort of like make this sound like, huh, huh. Uh, I, I like to think that now I would stand up for people. I mean, no one bullies me. Like, there's no, what are you going to get out of it? Like, look at me. I ain't going to get anything out of treating me bad. Like, oh, no, I diminished to this guy. Buddy, I'm about as diminished as you can get. Uh, I'm speaking to all the bullies who listen to my show at this point. Please don't bully me. Uh, If you meet someone who's not so nice, how can you use courage? Uh, You can use courage to put them in their place. I I did it to a guy at Target once. (laughs) There was a guy at Target who was ahead of me in line, and he was hitting on the cashier, relentlessly hitting on the cashier. She was very uncomfortable with it. Actually, he wasn't ahead of me in line. He was behind me in line. So he was actually like pushing ahead of me to relentlessly hit on the cashier. And finally, I turned on him. I told him off. I said, you don't do this. This is not cool, dude. And he was like, ah, she likes it. And I was like, no, she does not like it. Again, you have to balance it out because I didn't want to make her uncomfortable. Like, I didn't want to like add on to her discomfort. And she was like, what, like 18? And I'm an old man. And, and so I turned to this guy and I was just like, you have to stop doing this. This is not cool. She is, you were, you do not do this to people at their place of business, especially. She can't do anything. You have her, like, in a, she's, she is cornered, and that is not cool. And he's like, ah, what do you know about it? He didn't actually talk like that. He was like, you don't know anything about it. And I was like, I do know about it. I'm an old man, and I've, I've seen the world, and this never comes to any good. Please just stop doing this. Don't do this to people at their place of business. And he left, and I was like, solid victory for me. That's the only time I've ever done that. I don't get out much people don't misbehave around me they look at me and they're like i'm gonna be on my best behavior uh get out and do it one draw two barbells on heavy paper okay or cardboard and cut them out 
Already, you are beyond my abilities. Write the following words on the barbells. Can I just use real? I have barbells. Can I just use barbells? And then hang them up in your. Okay, I guess not. Hang them up in your room to remind you how to act when you feel threatened. Okay. Everyone have their barbells drawn, cut out, ready to go on heavy paper or cardboard. On one barbell, write strong at heart. On the other barbell, write strong in mind. You know, I would make fun of this. That's actually a pretty good thing. Strong at heart, strong in mind. Make your make your strong barbells and hang them up. And, and if you do that and you send me a picture proving you did it, I will commend you on the show. Strong in Strong at heart, strong in mind. Two, design a card to give to someone who you believe is brave. It can be your friend, your mom or dad, a neighbor. Tell that person how much you admire his courage <laughs> or her or their. Tell that person how much you admire their courage. Thank the person for showing you how to be courageous like David. Thank you for being courageous. Thank you for showing me how to kill a tall man. How to kill a tall man who has threatened my village. You hit him in the head with a rock, and then you cut off his head. Cut it clean off, just like David did to Goliath. Chop it off. It never says that Goliath was killed by the stone, by the way. He was definitely killed by that sword uh, that David used to cut off Goliath's head right off. I don't know if this Berenstain Bears storybook Bible includes that part. It may. The Berenstain Bears storybook Bible gets pretty whack at times, so it may include the decapitation of Goliath, but whether or not it does, write a nice card to someone. If someone has, made, if someone has, has inspired you by their courage and bravery, by all means, let them know, actually. Like, I'm being a little sarcastic here, but by, don't even write a card. Just write to them. Tell them, thank you for, for, for inspiring me with your bravery. You don't even have to bring the Bible into it. Just tell them. Uh, there are brave people all over the place standing up for what they believe in. Uh, let them know that you admire their courage and their bravery. A little secret here. People like finding out that their actions have had a positive impact on the world. I mean, I don't know if you knew that, but it's true. So uh, that is the Berenstain Bears and the gift of courage de noive. Uh, it's a nice book. It's a cute book. It's got some really nice illustrations. It's got some good biblical illustrations. Uh, you get to see future King David tending to his sheep. Spends a lot more time on the sheep than you would think. But, uh, yep, if you're looking for a fun book to read your kids uh, and you're looking for something of a religious bent and you don't mind the Living Light series, again, they're not weird and evangelical and preachy. Just got some Bible stories in them. Uh, you do have this weird image of too tall, like kind of doing like the weird like limp wrist thing on the cover, which is unfortunate, but he's doing it at sister. So the implications are a little less weird and she does look appropriately perturbed. If you just isolated this picture, it would look like too tall and Vinny are in a pretty positive relationship with each other. So, you know, maybe, you know, get a tattoo of that, my friends. And uh, that's it. Uh, 2010's The Gift of Courage. Go out, pick it up. It's, I mean, obviously, I own a copy of it. It's, I own a floppy copy and it's new. So uh, go out, you can buy it wherever you get your Berenstain Bears books. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching if you're watching. And uh, my name is Phil by the way. Uh, you can find this show on Twitter at Bearcast. You can find it online at BerenstainBearcast.com. 
org. Yes, org. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at P. Corey Gonzalez. You can also find my other shows uh, on Twitter. I have a show called It's Del Toro Time that I do with my older child, Willow, all about the movies of Guillermo del Toro and the movies that influenced Guillermo del Toro. Uh, this weekend, we'll be discussing the movie Possession from 1981. It was inappropriate to watch with my child, but not the most inappropriate movie I've watched with my child, who is also 20 years old, so it's not like she's not like 10. That would that would have been inappropriate. Uh, but uh, Possession. So if you're interested in hearing me talk about a movie that made me intensely uncomfortable to watch with my kid, listen to that. I also have a show called Pizza Toast that I do with Christy Admiral. We discuss the Babysitter's Club media adaptations. Uh, we are on season two of the new media adaptation. Uh, we just recorded an episode today. So that comes out on Saturdays as well. Listen to that. Uh, that's at Pizza Toast Pod. The other one's at Del Toro Time. I think on Twitter, you can find it, find it, listen to my shows. It's fun if you like listening to me talk. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And I'll see you all next time deep in bear country.